Without a clear vision of the future, it means just surviving and getting by. But God has bigger plans. Clarifying your purpose in life, coming up next. I believe that the church of the living God, when it has vision, it mobilizes men and women to take action and make a difference in their community, in their family, in their life, in their society. That's vision. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, President of Moody Bible Institute and Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Maybe you've heard Proverbs 29, 18 before. It says that where there is no vision, the people perish. Now the New Living Translation says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. And Mark, today we're talking about vision. Yeah, absolutely. I love this verse because there's multiple translations, but in essence it's saying that without a vision, People go unrestrained, let loose, are ignored. In other words, everybody does their own thing. Mm -hmm. And when there is a clear vision from God, it catalyzes our life in a particular direction. And um, I am... I believe that so many of us need to gain clarity about vision. Indeed. And uh, this, this passage talks about that. It's a powerful passage. Well, we're going to talk about gaining a God-centered vision. Mark's message is called, Do You See It Yet? And our Bibles are open. I hope you can join us there in 2 Kings chapter 6. Here's Mark Job with today's Bold Steps. When I was growing up, maybe like some of you, my father would drive these cars that let's just say they needed some work to be done on them. He was a mechanic and uh, on the side, he was actually a missionary but could fix almost anything. So he always had grease in his fingers and he would buy cars at a discount, very discounted. And sometimes only he could drive them because they had all these little quirks and he would fix them sometimes on the spot. Some of you know what I'm talking about because you have cars like that. You look at your muffler's drag and you think, okay, $300 the mechanic, or should I just use some of that, um, well, yeah, that uh, duct tape mechanic. How many of you know what duct tape mechanic is? You just figure, hey, you know, I'm just going to tie this muffler up with a little duct tape. It works well. Some of you have fixed your cars for years with duct tape. And, you know, we all have those cars occasionally in our lives where, you know, I've had the cars where... I drive up to the ATM and my window doesn't work, so I have to open up the door, bang it against the ATM, try to pick my arm around side and go like this, or those cars that you have to get in the passenger side because your car won't open, or those cars that are, are just quirky. Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? I've seen some of your cars out there, so I, I know I've seen the duct tape on some of your cars, so don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Well, my father had one of those cars and we were on a trip, and it started to snow really heavy. And as we were driving, sure enough, the windshield wipers were not functioning. And so finally, he, he was trying to see, and he said, Mark, I, got, I was probably about eight years old. He said, Mark, I got to pull over to the side. So he pulled over to the side, and I said, Dad, what are we going to do? I mean, it's snowing. We're an hour and a half, two hours away from our house. Uh, we don't want to be stuck in the snowstorm. He said, don't worry about I, I got this covered. He went in the trunk and rumbled through some things a little bit. And he came out with a roll of string. 
And he said, watch this. This will work. So he, he tied a string to the right windshield wiper. He tied a string to the left windshield wiper. He put the string in the window on my side. He said, hold this, Mark. And he put a string in the window on his side. And he said, we're going to make this work, Mark, okay? So he got on the road, and he pulled his side, and it went like this. And he says, okay, now it's your turn, Mark. And I pulled the side, and it went like that. And then he pulled, and it went like this. And he pulled, and it went like that. And we were able to make it home because we were able to see. You see, it was the back and forth clearing of our windshield that allowed us to have here it goes, vision. When you have no vision, it's hard to move forward. Uh, you can drag a muffler for a while, but if you can't see, you can't go very far. You can go on a low tank of gas for a while, but if you can't see, you, you don't get very far into your journey. Because if, if you can't see clearly, if you've ever been in a really bad storm or you've been in a snowstorm or a rainstorm, uh, some, everybody, when you can't see, you slow down because you don't really, you can't see where you're going. When, when you can't see forward, you go to the side of the road and stop the journey altogether because you say, I, I can't go forward if I can't see. Or you get in an accident because you start swerving out of your lane and get into someone else's lane because, why? Because you don't have clear vision. Vision allows you to see forward, and when you see forward, you can move quickly into your destination. But if you can't see into the future, if you can't see forward, then you can't, you have no power in the present to, to drive in the direction that you're supposed to drive. I'm talking about vision. And I've noticed that when we lack vision in our own lives, and you say, well, vision, pastor, it's hard to define vision, grasp vision. Vision is that image of the future that you know. It's the call of God upon you to go somewhere that you know that that's who you need to be, that's what you need to do, that's where you need to go. It's that sense of inner direction. It's that clarified purpose of life. It's that mental picture of a God-ordained future that you say, yeah, that's where I'm supposed to go. That's who I'm supposed to be. That's what I'm supposed to do. That's vision. You know, Proverbs tells us that, Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, where there is no, say it again, where there is no, People perish. If there's no clarity about where we're going in the future, if there's no clear mental picture of a God-ordained future, then people perish. Another translation says, where there is no clear revelation from God, everybody does their own thing. When there's a clear vision for your life, it charges you to work hard for the future. It makes you get up in the morning because you know what you're supposed to do, where you're supposed to go, what you're supposed to be. If a team has a vision, it unites it. 
It catalyzes energy towards a specific purpose where there's vision. Where there is no vision, and I've seen men and women, leaders, countries, churches with no vision. And I've noticed that there's a common syndrome among people that lack vision. I noticed that when, when a man lacks vision, he tends to not lead his family, he tends to survive in his family. When a man lacks vision, he's not taking his family towards something, he's just surviving with his family in something. When a man lacks vision, he's not saying, no, no, this is where we're going, this is what me and my household will do, this is how we're going to live, this is what we're going to move towards, he just survives. He lets life happen to him instead of making something happen of his life. Man, I'm preaching to myself, so this is good, but I don't know if I'm with anybody else in here is listening. But hey, this is vision. Some of you need to know because I believe that God is speaking to some people here today about the lack of vision in your own life and the necessity of having vision. I've seen places without vision, when someone doesn't have a clear mental image of where they're supposed to be going, then they tend to ramble around. They tend to lack energy. They tend not to have focus. They tend to be reactive instead of proactive. They tend to let life happen to them. They tend to just kind of flow with the punches because they're not really going anywhere concretely, anywhere specifically. There's no discipline. There's little motivation. There's little movement forward. Why? Because you don't know where you're going. And if you have no clear image of where you're going, then chances are you won't go there. I'm talking about a lack of vision. I've seen nations that lack vision. And when a nation lacks vision, it just reverts to maintaining or infighting. I've seen churches that lack vision. And when a church lacks vision, it's not moving somewhere, it's just maintaining what it has. Do you realize 80% of the churches in America last year did not baptize one person? No, you heard me right. 80% of the churches in America did not baptize one person. So what are the churches doing? Sometimes if you, have, if you lack vision, you start to maintain. You don't know where you're going. You just want to make sure you don't lose what you have. You just want to make sure that you keep people comfortable. You just want to make sure that not too much is happening. People are getting along. Not too much is stirring up. And so people come week after week to listen to a homily. Homily? Yeah, homily. They're listening to a nice message that's sprinkled with enough spirituality to make you feel good, but not too much conviction to make you want to change or feel uncomfortable. So the idea is I don't want to offend anybody or step on anybody's toes. I just want to make sure you feel okay. 
so that you come back next week and you give a little tithes and offerings. We're not doing anything. We're just making people feel comfortable. We're not moving anywhere. We're just making people feel okay. We're not mobilizing anything. We're just wanting to make sure that people are, are coming back and sitting in their chair. We're not asking you to do anything. We're just asking you to show up and sit. A lot of churches in America lack men because men aren't great sitters. So men show up in church and they say, the expectation of me is just to come and sit week after week and listen. They're not good listeners too. How many wives say amen? <laughs> so if I'm going to sit, which I'm not really good at, and I'm just going to be asked to listen, which I'm not really good at either, and occasionally give, which I'm worse at, then I'm not sure I want to show up again. I believe that the church of the living God, when it has vision, it mobilizes men and women to take action and make a difference in their community, in their family, in their life, in their society. That's vision. Well, you're listening to Bold Steps and a message from Mark Job titled, Do You See It Yet? And we will continue with the lesson in just a minute. But Mark, today is Monday, and you know what that means. It means you publish the Bold Stepper weekly, and many listeners got it in their email box. Yeah, and I hope that if you've been listening that you've already subscribed to that. It's free. Let me just say it again. It's free. (laughs) No obligation. Uh, But it's a way for us to keep in touch with you, give you a devotional thought, keep you up to date on ministries, things that are happening, conferences. And a couple thousand people are now subscribing. And there's a couple thousand people. Almost 2,000 people get that ding at 530 in the morning. You could turn your notification off if you want to sleep in on Monday morning. <laughs> if you aren't already on the list, go ahead and sign up at the Bold Stepper Weekly at boldstepsradio.org. But you mentioned an important conference is coming up in today's edition. Yeah, so in about two weeks, we have a first men's conference in Spanish called oh. Levantate here on the campus of the Moody Bible Institute. It's a one-day conference, March 25th. So if you are Spanish-speaking or know someone that's bilingual, we would love to invite you out and live around the Chicagoland area. By the way, I know some people coming in from out of town just to be a part of this conference as well. I'm going to be preaching in Spanish. We have a speaker from Spain, Itiel Arroyo. We have uh, Hannibal Rodriguez, who pastors here. It's going to be a, a phenomenal event for Spanish-speaking men. i got to ask you, though, what does that mean? Levántate? Levántate. You hey, yeah. you're pretty good. Uh, I don't know. I don't have that oomph that you have. You uh, know, levántate so. means rise up. Okay. All yeah. right. It's coming up. You can learn more about it at Moody Conferences. And it's in the Bold Stepper Weekly today. If you got that, check that out as well. All right, let's get back to our message for today. Do you see it yet? Here again is Mark. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to 2 Kings chapter 6. We're going to be looking at a story. As far as I know, it's the first time I've ever preached out of this passage since I've been preaching. And I've preached out of a lot of passages in the Bible. The main character of this story is a man by the name of Elijah. Not to be confused with Elijah. Elijah was the iconic prophet that appeared with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. One of the most powerful prophets in all the Old Testament. He prayed and it did not rain for three years. 
the weatherman prophet. He prayed again and it rained. He confronted 400 prophets of Baal. They danced, pranced, cut themselves, worked themselves up into a frenzy, trying to get fire to come down from heaven and consume the altar. And Elijah, one prophet against 400 pagan prophets, just stood there and said, maybe your God's on vacation. Or literally, he said, maybe your God's in the bathroom and can't hear you. And then when it was his turn, he didn't dance and prance and beat himself and yell and holler. He just said, Lord God Almighty, you hear my prayer. Now vindicate yourself in front of these people. Call fire down from heaven and consume this altar. And just to make sure that they knew it wasn't just because it was dry and fire came out, he said, let's dump water on the altar. And as soon as he prayed, fire came down from heaven and consumed the altar. That's Elijah the prophet. But Elijah the prophet had a protege, a mentor, a, 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 someone he was mentoring. He was a farm boy. He knew about plowing, about dirt, about farming. He wasn't very sophisticated. He wasn't very knowledgeable about leadership. Elijah found him plowing some fields, just doing a simple task, but a hard worker. And Elijah said, come and follow me. And so young Elijah came and followed Elijah, and he started training him and mentoring him, follow him, and, and carrying his suitcases and watching what he did. But I, I tell you something. When the time came for transition, the iconic prophet Elijah looked to his young protege, and he said, what do you want from me? Here's where you see vision. Because I believe during those times, Elijah, the young, young man of God, was starting to dream, God, what could you do through me when it's my turn? How could you use me? And he envisioned himself being a prophet that God would use, a man of God that he would use. He had a vision that had been boiling up inside of his spirit. He saw himself not just as a farmer, but as a man that could make a difference, a man that could move in power. And as soon as Elijah asked him what he wanted, he said, I want a double portion of what you have. You don't ask for bold things unless you have a vision for it. You don't ask with courage or boldness or aggressiveness unless you've seen it already in your mind. He said, I want to double what you have. And Elijah said, you ask a hard thing. But the Bible tells us that God granted this young man a double portion of what Elijah had. And if you do the math and count the miracles that Elijah Sr. did, and what Elijah did, Elijah did double the miracles of Elijah. God gave him a double portion. Man, I'm praying for a generation of young leaders that will rise up and say, you know what's happened in the past is good. I love it. I've learned from it. But I'm not settled for it. I want a double portion. I'm praying for men and women that have their own clarity of vision that say, you know what, it's been good. But I believe that God wants me to go even further than the last generation. God, give us the boldness of a double portion. 
So in 2 Kings chapter 6, we find this man of God encountering some trouble. Because the anointing of God and the call of God and vision comes with trouble. There is no vision without obstacles. There is no vision without testing. There is no God-given preferred vision of the future that will not be difficult. There's a man of God in this place that you never grew up in a godly home. You never saw a father train the children the ways of God. You never saw your dad bless you and the children beside the bedside. You never saw him pray. You never saw him crack a Bible. You never saw him not swear in the household, not bring booze in and, and, and get drunk on the week, weekends and be faithful to his wife. You never saw that. But in your mind, you're saying, I want to be a cycle breaker, legacy maker in Jesus' name. And I never saw it physically, but in my mind, I've seen a vision of the family man that I want to be, of the man, the husband, the father that God is calling me to be. Maybe I never saw it in the physical, but I see a vision of it that God has placed in my heart. I, I see that vision, and that vision drives you. It drives you. Oh, you stumble. Oh, you fall. And you think it's going to be easy. And then you start going and you realize, wow, this is harder than what I thought. How many of you know what I'm talking about here? It's not easy to break cycles. You view yourself as a patient, loving man, but you get home and, man, you, you kick the dog. You slam the door. You're cranky. You're crabby. And then you realize, man, well, who I am is not matching up with the vision of who God's called me to be. So you, you, so you stop yourself. And there's a vision, there's a conviction that said, that's not who I am. That, 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 that's who my daddy was, but that's not who the future man of God is being called to be. I will not be. I will not be the old self. I will be the new self. God is calling me to something. And there's a battle there. There's a challenge. There's a battle to become the man that you envision yourself to be but have never lived in reality. That's called vision. And Elijah was called to be a man of God, but he was encountering some difficulty fulfilling the vision that God had called him to, to walk in. And I believe in this passage that we see that God has to open his eyes to three things as he starts pursuing his God-given vision. If you're taking notes, write this down. The first thing that God starts to open his eyes to is to God's very own presence. You see, you can't grasp the vision of God unless you first of all understand the presence of God. You're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job here on Bold Steps. And today's message is just one part of our series finale titled, Do You See It Yet? And in case you missed an earlier lesson from our current study called Fully Devoted, be sure to visit our website and catch up when you can by going to boldstepsradio.org. While you're there, you'll also want to request your copy of this month's brand new edition of our Bold Step gift. It's a book that will help you navigate through our divisive and destructive culture in a way that's more effective for the gospel. To tell us about the book, here's Mark. In case you haven't noticed, our world today is pretty divided. From politics to personal beliefs, our culture continues to ramp up the tension, pitting neighbors against neighbors, and painting anyone with a different view as the enemy. 
But as Christians, we're called to live above these dividing lines and to extend love to those who hate us. But how? Well, in this book entitled Love Over Fear, Dan White speaks to the age of rage and provides a helpful guide to how to identify and reject the fear that divides us. He offers real testimonies of those whose hearts and minds were changed by the love of Christ. Friends, it's not up to someone else to cool down the temperature and ease the tensions. It's up to us as followers of Christ with the help of the Holy Spirit to overcome the fear and the anger and to choose love. Once again, the book is called Love Over Fear, and I'll be happy to send you a copy when you give a gift of any amount to support the ministry of Bold Steps. You can give that donation right now by going to our website at boldstepsradio.org or pick up the phone and give us a call at 844-615-7363. That's 844-615-7363. And before we close today's program, we want to remind you that you can always hear these messages right from your phone at any time by subscribing to the Bold Steps podcast. Just open up your favorite podcast app, search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job, and click the subscribe button. And we're also excited to announce the new Bold Steps Radio YouTube page, where you can discover even more content from Mark, including exclusive new videos of Mark's teachings, brand new updates on ministry events, and much more. So hop onto YouTube, search for Bold Steps Radio, and subscribe today. With that, I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you back tomorrow for the finale of our fully devoted series, part two of our message titled, Do You See It Yet? That's coming up Tuesday, here on Bold Steps with Mark Jones. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.